Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS. 855-2124-227. Send the tweets. Send the hot takes at Ken Carmen. C-A-R-M-A-N. And a statement was made on Tuesday. I like statement games. There's a couple this weekend. There's a couple in college football. I'm in, I enjoy statement games. And while, listen, I, I hate the concept of Tuesday night football. I don't want to get off on, just on a crazy tangent outside of what I really wanted to get into. I know Matthew Barry wrote something about, oh, well, they'll make more money and everybody loves I'm not interested in Tuesday night NFL football. It, it's the old adage of how can I miss you if you won't go away? I'll watch it. I know I'll watch it. We all know we'll watch it. You will. I will. Everybody else will. Just like we watch Thursday night football. How many people really, truly love Thursday night football? That's the thing I don't understand. Well, you'll love Tuesday night football. No, we don't. No, we won't. We don't love Thursday night football. We'll watch it. Doesn't mean we love it. The only way you love Thursday night football is if your team played on Thursday night and you won, and then you get to enjoy the rest of the weekend. There is an energy to winning on Thursday night. Because like when, when you win on a Sunday, it's a Sunday. Big day. If you play at a 1 o'clock game, you get to enjoy the rest of the afternoon. You can watch the games. It's there. 425 isn't as much fun because then you got that Sunday night game. You get to watch a little bit of that. I'm talking from the winning side only. You watch that. That Sunday night game, and then all of a sudden it's Monday morning. You get to enjoy Victory Monday, and then the rest of the week you're already looking forward to Sunday. Monday night's the worst night to win. You can't even really enjoy Tuesday because you know that lurking five, six days away is the game coming up on Sunday afternoon. So the beginning of the week on Monday, it feels like you're playing two games in a week. You can't enjoy as much. You can't enjoy a win on Monday night football the way you would on a Sunday or certainly a Thursday. The only thing good about Thursday night football is winning. When your team plays and winning. If your team doesn't play, you don't really care. You'll watch. You don't really care. Why add more? And I don't think it's any sort of a straw man. We've been doing this for years. People don't. They'll watch. They don't really like Thursday night football. They kind of like Thursday night college football. We like Maction on Tuesday night. In the Mid-American Conference, we like some of the Sunbelt stuff we see earlier in the week. We don't care at all as much as we would. If our team is playing, we would. I don't think we care that much about Tuesday night football. I think it's a miss. And 
there is something to be said for what you do. What you do is special. Your season is special. Everybody else, hockey's a long season. Baseball, NBA, yeah, God, NASCAR and golf, tennis. Tennis, I don't even know when that ends. Everything else is a long slog of a season. Like sports talk radio shows. You are in, you're out, it's quick. And then everything else is anticipation. Giants fans, Jets fans, Falcons fans to some degree, Lions fans to some degree, you're already looking forward to 2021. Already looking forward to what you can get. Texans fans, well, you know, okay, I guess you're already looking forward to 2022 in that first-round draft. But there's already fan bases you're looking forward to the draft in 2021. There's always an anticipation. It's always fun. Don't slog out your season. Don't water down your product. It's a special day. Sundays in the fall are a special day. You get together where you hope to be able to get together again sometime soon. There's football. There's family. There's enjoyment. You get to watch some of that. You get to bring people together. And I I brought this up a couple of times, and I don't mean to be Tony Robbins on this. When we look at – there's a bygone era of baseball players. There's a somewhat current but really a bygone era of NBA players who mean something to the family. You still get that in the NFL. I brought this up with Andrew Luck when he retired. There is a true love to franchise players in the NFL because you equate those subconsciously when you're gathering with your family, you're watching a Colts football game, you're together, you enjoy each other's company, or at least you try to enjoy each other's company, and on your television is Andrew Luck. And over a course of time, because you're all pulling for Andrew Luck, maybe you have a jerk cousin who doesn't, but you're pulling for Andrew Luck. Everybody wants the Colts to win. Just speaking about a Colts fan, you want the Colts to win. You, you, you get so excited when they do win. You get so sad when they don't. And that person who leads your favorite football team becomes a part of your family. Marino in the 90s with Dolphins fans. Elway in the 80s and 90s with, with, with Broncos fans. They become a part of your family. They become beloved characters. And the other sports don't have that as much. There's a little bit here and there with baseball. A little bit, little bit with basketball when you stay with one franchise your entire time. In football, that's where it's special. So if you want to continue to water down the product, of course they'll watch. If I lead my dog to the dish, he will eat. Is he hungry? No, he's a dog. That's what dogs do. You put food in front of my dog, my dog will eat his food. He'll eat it when he's not hungry. He'll eat it when he is hungry. Doesn't matter. And that's what we do. That's how we That's how we take in sports. That's certainly how we take in the NFL. You lead us to it, we'll watch. That's how we take in football. 855-2124-CBS. But still, even though I got off on a tangent, I didn't want to. Tuesday was a statement. There was a lot of people who I think, because they, they were the first ones to it, and I think the NFL is looking at this with a pragmatic approach. I thought for a while, I'm going, man, I don't like what John Robinson had to say. I didn't like a lot of what even Mike Vrabel had to say or Ryan Tannehill. There was part of it where, man, they were becoming heels right in front of our very eyes. There was a lot of things I wasn't liking with what I was hearing with the Tennessee Titans. And so they were becoming bad guys right in front of us. And I think a lot of people wanted the Bills to go into Tennessee, rip them apart, 
get out to 5-0, and have this great story with Josh Allen, let Josh Allen continue that MVP pace, which he still may, may very well be. Just one one-off game isn't going to offset everything. But wanted Josh Allen to continue, wanted the Bills to continue and, and, and be that team that knocked down the Titans after Steelers fans were frustrated, Bills fans were frustrated, NFL fans were frustrated, everybody was upset about it. While they wanted it, it didn't go that way. And I think the Titans made themselves a statement on, on Tuesday because a lot of people wanted them to lose. A lot of us are more understanding now than where we were earlier in last week. The Bills are still good, but the Titans are telling you something. And this week after that Tuesday game where I see the comparisons between Ryan Tannehill and other great quarterbacks and even Ryan Tannehill and Patrick Mahomes, my gears started to move. Tennessee is a team that was underrated last year. You get to 9-7, and seven, you've been 9-7 and seven the last a few years in a row. You've switched out coaches. You brought in Vrabel. I questioned whether or not Vrabel was going to be the right guy for it. Seemed to be lunkhead, seemed to be meathead football guy. Turns out he's done a fantastic job. Got that one wrong. He's been smart. He's put the game in his team's hands. He's been willing to make tough decisions going from Mariota to Ryan Tannehill. Almost said Mahomes, my God. For going from Mariota to Ryan Tannehill, and it's paid off. They've built, they've kept on going, they've lost players in free agency, they've continued to put forward. I don't think, and I don't think anybody could think, this is going to be a one-year wonder for the Tennessee Titans. Unless something terrible happens to them, I don't think anybody could see it that way. What they did on Tuesday was tell the NFL world they're still here. And we're, we're making comparisons between Ryan Tannehill where I love what Mike Vrabel's done with Ryan Tannehill, what Arthur Smith, who will probably end up being a head coach here very soon, what Arthur Smith has done with Ryan Tannehill, what they've done with that guy in revitalizing his career, taking talent, making Adam Gase look horrible, by the way, even though that's not very hard to do, but but taking him, revitalizing his career, putting him back in an incubation period like you're supposed to do a rookie, letting him hand off to talented running backs, letting the offensive line and the defense try to predict games and try to let those games happen for you. Where You don't have to go out there, and now where he's being as efficient as he's ever been, where he's having as good stats as he, he's ever had, and while people are making comparisons between him, and I don't think they're very realistic whatsoever. You and I both watch these games, folks. We know. But there are statistical comparisons between he and Patrick Mahomes. You have to have credit to Ryan Tannehill, of course. You have to hand credit to everybody else in that staff. But the comparisons to the Chiefs, the team they met in the AFC Championship game last year, my mind starts to race. And a question gets brought in. I wondered over this offseason whether or not Tennessee could get back to where they were, whether or not this was a one-year type of thing. You had to pay Derrick Henry some money. You had to pay Ryan Tannehill a little bit of money, which, gosh, if we are making comparisons between Patrick Mahomes and Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill has taken the biggest discount in NFL history. Again, we're being a little crazy about that, maybe being even a little facetious about that and tongue-in-cheek about it. But if he did, and if you are, he's taken the biggest pay cut, he's taken the biggest discount in NFL history. But seeing them makes me start to believe in them for their future, for how big they can be. And I start to think of the other teams that are in the AFC, the teams that could possibly hold a candle to the, to the Kansas City Chiefs and, and knock them off before they get to the Super Bowl. 
They got Le'Veon Bell now. He's going to add a certain wrinkle to their offense. I don't think that Le'Veon Bell's used up. I think that he'll go within a good organization. He will be coached well for the first time since he left Pittsburgh. He will pro- he will probably play well. It'll probably take a little bit just to get him acclimated. It's a different style of offense. It's a much better offense. You're playing with better pieces. You're already playing with a very good rookie. You're already playing with a very, very good quarterback. There will be things that he can do. I, I don't think that that is, that is falling apart whatsoever. Le'Veon Bell will do a good job with Kansas City and adds something that's going to be interesting to them when you put together their offensive weapons with the tight ends, with the wide receivers, with already the other running back. Defense is going to be questionable, as always, to Kansas City, and that's something I think that anybody who wants to knock off the Chiefs has to bring up. Is that defense and how questionable it is? But I start to compile the teams that I think could have a chance from the outside in to the ones that I really think could possibly do it, do it. Raider fan isn't going to be happy. I need to see more. I know what you did last week. I like that Derek Carr is having a renaissance. I like that he's throwing the football vertically again. I should be giving John Gruden credit with Derek Carr the way maybe – and if this continues, I'm going to have to. I'm starting to think I need to give John John Gruden more credit for Derek Carr the way that I'm seeing credit being given to Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans staff with Ryan Tannehill. I think I might need to do that. I need to see more from you. I'm not trying to knock you down. Sunday was a quality win. But you got to forgive me for not believing in you fully yet. I'm sorry. I really do apologize to you, Raider fan. I just don't believe in you fully yet. I saw what happened up in New England. I saw what happened earlier this year. What happened with Kansas City, you will say, I know, the Chiefs game canceled it out. The Ch- I, I got it. I need to see a little bit more out of you. I don't know yet, and I don't want to buy in yet. I wanted to buy in last year. You lost a bunch in a row. You finished under 500. Maybe last year where you was you taking the step and I didn't want to see it. I know we can't skip steps in the NFL. Maybe last year was the was the Las Vegas Raiders taking that step and now they're here. We'll find out. I don't root against Raider fan. I find Raider fan to be fun. I don't root against you. I want you to do well. But I need to see more. I can't put you in that group yet. Cleveland, I got to see more. I can't put you in that group yet. It always feels to me like the other shoe's going to fall. I want to see more out of the quarterback. I want to continue to see more. This Sunday could be a very big statement for them in their own right against the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is another team I bring up. Ben Roethlisberger was supposed to be back. Everything's supposed to be fine. They're 4-0 for the first time since 1979 in Pittsburgh. Yet the defense has been questionable. The defense, which is still strong, which is still ranked, I think, at number one this week. You still see points. You still see yards. You still see lackluster quarterbacking, be able to put one on them. I still wonder about Pittsburgh, but I put Pittsburgh, I put Pittsburgh above Cleveland. I put Pittsburgh above Las Vegas right now. You have Roethlisberger. There's been a lot of quick stuff. I know that he hasn't had the long ball accuracy that anybody would want. I don't know if he's that type of quarterback anymore. When you're 38 years old and you've had an arm issue, I don't know if you can load it up. See Drew Brees. See Tom Brady. It takes the whole body now. But from what they've done with a little bit of Schuster to Chase Claypole last week where you're getting the ball out quickly, eliminating any possibilities of sacks. You have a smart quarterback now who's seen it all. 
there are certainly things about like Pittsburgh that I do like about the Steelers. Baltimore I find to be interesting. I think any win Baltimore gets for the rest of this season is going to be ho-hum to their own fans. They've been to the mountaintop. They failed at the mountaintop both times. They can't wait to get back to the mountaintop. And any win in regular season football isn't going to matter to Ravens fans. I still put Baltimore in the serious mix. My outliers are still Las Vegas and Cleveland. I put Baltimore in the serious mix. I put Pittsburgh in there. And because of Belichick and what he's doing with this, and people aren't realizing this, I'm going to bring this up again later. What Belichick is doing with the COVID issue, with what he's doing where other teams are saying, like, you got guys like Jack Del Rio in Washington. Well, I don't want to say what I really mean. I, I don't think you guys want to hear what I really mean about this. You got a lot of football guys that treat this thing like a distraction. You got a lot of football guys who think that this is some opponent that they can personally beat and they can overcome. Belichick has embraced how difficult it is. He's seen it headlong. He's done his very best. And I think as a football team, he will come out on the other end better. The Belichick team, the the Patriots will come out on the other end. And what you're watching with Bill Belichick, and again, I'll dive deeper into this later on in the show. What you're watching with Bill Belichick, you're seeing some of the younger coaches in the NFL start to really flourish in what they do, a different level of thinking. Sean McVay, right back to where the Rams want to be. It's been a great start. I just mentioned Cleveland. It's been a great start for Kevin Stefanski. A different line, different line of thinking. Matt Rule with a college staff. They've won three in a row. They're three and two in Carolina. Again, a different style. LaFleur, some of the younger coaches who, who have thought differently about this, use more analytics, try to think through things instead of football guy, things are a distraction, fight through that, which just, I'm sorry, guys, ain't going to work as much in 2020 and beyond. And what Belichick is doing is seeing what some of these young guys do how do I continue to evolve? Not revitalize himself. He doesn't need to. Not not reintroducing himself. This isn't Paul Bryant finding a different offense in the 1970s. That's not what this is. This is a man continuing to think forward. And so because he's willing to do that, because New England's willing to do that, I put New England in the serious mix of the teams that can really go after Kansas City and challenge them for the crown so far. Buffalo I want to put in there because I love Sean McDermott, and I'm going to put Buffalo in there. Tennessee I'm going to put in there. There are teams that can threaten this group, and I just mentioned the handful of them. Las Vegas and Cleveland, you're going to have to prove more to me. You're on the outside looking in. You're taking steps. It looks good. You're going to have to prove more. New England, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Tennessee. Five exceptional football teams, well-coached, tight enough on defense that they need to be, even though I, I, I question a little bit with what's going on in Pittsburgh. I do. Tight enough on defense, solid and can execute the way they need to do on offense, even though things in Pittsburgh are a little bit different from the other ones. Things in Buffalo are a little bit different from the other three. Able to execute the way they want. Three teams that have played solidly. Three teams out of five teams that can really get in. So the question is this. Who has the best chance to knock off the Chiefs? 855-2124-CBS. Or... Is Le'Veon Bell a little bit too much? Is Patrick Mahomes a little bit too much? Is last week just a fever dream from what we've seen with the Kansas City Chiefs? Or 
Did the Raiders show us something? 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Who can knock off the Chiefs? we got Justin Termini at 1040 a.m. Eastern. You guys next. That's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Coming up at 1040 a.m. Eastern, Justin Termini joins us. Pierno, turn that up just a little bit. You ever hear... Did you ever see like when he would like come down at Jim Ross like the bewilderment? You could hear the bewilderment on Jim Ross's face. Most bizarre individual in the history of our building is gold dust. <laughs> he, he's got Malena with him, and oh boy, like, it's just like oh my god, <laughs> this is so this is underrated. One of the best themes that in in wrestling history. It is great. Underrated. This the Gangrel theme, the Brood. That was a good one. This is fantastic. Anthony Pierre don't run the board today. Hickey will be in at noon. Justin Termini again coming up at 1040 a.m. Eastern. The great Bobby Carpenter, NFL analyst, former NFL or former Buckeye. He'll join us at 1140 a.m. Eastern. We'll talk football with him. Also, we got Worker Shoot, 1220 Eastern. We got a whole lot to go on. Also, I'll probably do this in the final segment of the show, 140 p.m. today. I have finally found the dumbest national holiday ever. And no, it's not Sweetest Day. Now, people don't know about Sweetest Day. I might tell you about that later. It's not Sweetest Day. It happened yesterday. Out of the national holidays that we see, hey, it's National Dog Day. It's National Popcorn Day. It's National Donut Day, even though we see like 10 National Donut Days a year. I found out of the calendar, like the dial-a-day calendar holidays, I have found the worst, dumbest holiday celebrated nationally, quote-unquote, ever, yesterday. 855-2124-CBS. That coming up at 1.40 p.m. Eastern. I'm getting a lot of people saying Raiders. And if I look at the Raiders, maybe I'm just not a believer yet. Maybe I need to be told I need to be a believer in the Raiders, and you need to give me a good reason why. Fine. Because I got people getting in on Twitter. Ken, the Raiders. And if I'm looking at their schedule, they got a nice win against the Saints. Their loss against the Patriots, it's the Patriots. It's in Foxborough. Their loss at home against the Bills. The Bills are a good football team. Like, their two losses that they have, these are good losses. And Derek Carr has played phenomenally well. I think he's gotten so much better this year. And if I'm giving a little bit of credit, I, I might end up talking myself into this here a little bit. If, if, I'm giving, if I'm giving Mike Vrabel in Tennessee credit for Ryan Tannehill, do I or do I not? And I got I brought this up again in the previous segment because I, I might need to talk myself into this. If I'm giving them credit with Tannehill, which I think we all are, and, and we're giving Tannehill credit as well, do I not do this with Derek Carr and the Raiders? Can I not look at last year's 7-9 and nine performance and say that was them taking their step? That's what, what they were doing. Because I can't let myself be overshadowed with they had a terrible losing streak. I can't let myself be overshadowed with they had the whole scenario play out with Antonio Brown that was just awful. I can't talk myself into thinking, all right, they had a TV guy as their general manager, but you respect the TV guy as the general manager, and I do. I respect Mike Mayock, and I think he's a good football guy. John Gruden's been a TV guy before. I've called him, I called him a carnival barker for 10 years, even though he's a good analyst. I wondered if the game passed him up, and I thought that year one. But at 3-2, and two, I look at their wins. I take them seriously to be one of the better teams in the AFC. I take them seriously to be a playoff team. I do. Do I take them seriously enough to beat the Chiefs? 
and I mean in in a real big matchup, in a postseason matchup. Folks, I know, week five, they beat the Chiefs. Week five's week five. Kansas City's defense is not what we thought it was. or It's, it's never been what we think it's going to be. So that makes me think a little bit more on the on the better half for Baltimore, thinking, well, maybe, maybe, maybe just Baltimore woke up on the wrong side of the bed that day. Maybe they were just off that night. Because I have not seen Kansas City's defense, with the exception of that day, play that well in how many years? Against a really good football team. And if I look up and down their schedule, th- these are good wins. The wins they have, the- these are good ones here. These are ones you're supposed to have. The losses that they have, do I really hammer you that much? The Patriots game, that one got away from them. That was in Foxborough. That was a bit of a debacle. You beat the Panthers. You beat the Saints. You beat the Chiefs. Your losses are to the Patriots and Bills. This is one, this turns out to be a tougher schedule than what people realize. Two, this turns out to be even your losses are pretty good losses. But do I hold you in as high regard, even though Derek Carr has played well? John Gruden seems to be working well with Derek Carr, and I thought that he was like a like a bad husband out of a sitcom where he just wanted to pay attention to everybody else except his wife. I mean, those are those type of relationships with a quarterback and a head coach, and he kept talking about Kyler Murray and Nathan Peterman, who is still on that roster, and everybody else in the world, and he wouldn't want to talk about Derek Carr. I take them seriously enough to respect them, but do I put them in the same category as Buffalo, New England, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Tennessee? I don't think I do. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. I'll ask that question coming up with Bobby Carpenter coming up at 11.40 a.m. Eastern, 8.40 a.m. Pacific. Up next, the NBA Finals are over. When are we going to see another season? How's that going to go down? Will there be fans? The whole smorgasbord. Justin Termini, he breaks it all down for the NBA today on Sirius XM NBA. He joins us next. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line, 855-212-4227, sponsored by Geico. Did you know that right now, Geico's offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies? That's on top of what Geico could already save you. So what are you waiting for? Visit Geico.com to learn more. Top 5 coming up at 11.20 a.m. Eastern. Bobby Carpenter will be here at 11.40 a.m. Eastern. Joining us right now on the hotline, the host of the NBA Today, Sirius XM NBA. Follow him on Twitter, at Termini Radio, even though it's not spelled like you would think Termini would be spelled. Justin Termini joins us on the show today. Hello, Justin. How you doing, Ken? Who cares about Bobby Carpenter? Let's focus on me right you, now. Well, so okay, go. well, that's... Well, well that's okay. I will care about Bobby Carpenter when the time is appropriate. You are right about that, Justin. So, hey, I follow... Exactly. Yeah, I I always like it when you're on because have you do you are you classified a LeBron hater? No, I don't believe in the word hater. I'm just willing to give opinions that maybe other people aren't because I'm not there to kiss his butt, right? And a lot of people across the country, I think, are are there where they're afraid that if they don't if they don't go along with what LeBron and Clutch Sports want you to say, you're not going to get the quote, right? Well, I have integrity, so I'm going to cover the sport from a fair and balanced perspective, where others are going to give in uh, to the, uh, the the fact that they need him in order to do their je- job uh, as best as possible. See, I, uh, I last week – no, this was a couple weeks ago. Uh, I got some people in Laker Nation. I got a couple of fanboys upset because I had said, listen, this is the easiest championship he will have won. 
Oh, what are you talking about? They're in the bubble. I go, now, go with me on this, Justin. I'm sure you've talked about this. When you're in the bubble, or when they were in the bubble, he's a 35-year-old man with three kids. Now, I know you're not, but I'll tell you what, as a 34-year-old man with three kids, you spend a lot of quiet evenings at home. I think it works in his favor. When you have to provide your own juice, when you have to provide your own energy, a guy who's chasing a legacy, it's going to be easier for that guy to do it. For the guys who are bench players, there's no road team to have, there's no road games to have to go and play worse at that you would home. I think this whole thing played into his hands. And considering, let's not forget, there's no Golden State and there's no Kevin Durant. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I mean, even for Miami, I think it helped them even more so because they got all these young players, right? I mean, they were the fifth seed. When's the last time you saw a fifth seed make it all the way to the NBA Finals? It happens on a rare occasion. I mean, a couple of times in NBA history. So they benefited even more, but you're right. Like, the young players benefited because they didn't have to deal with some of the outside distractions, right? Whereas LeBron benefits because he doesn't have to travel. He's 35 years of age. He's got the wear and tear on his body. He got a four-month uh, little hiatus here leading up to it. Uh, and then it's it's not bouncing from city to city, going from L.A. to Miami, etc. So, listen, I'm not going to say they wouldn't have wanted if they didn't have the bubble. I'm not going to say there weren't some challenges. Certainly, I think being away for your family from that, uh, that amount of time, plus LeBron's like a, basically he's a billionaire. He lives in a mansion, so requiring him to get away from that type of lifestyle for three months is not easy. But in regards to like, hey, not having to deal with the wear and tear of the travel, some of the outside distractions certainly helped them, plus the road that he had to go through. It's funny because I've always complained about the Eastern Conference just being pathetic over the last 20, 25 years, and this time he goes to the Western Conference. He's got to get through Portland in the first round, who's banged up. He's got to get through Houston, who never stood a chance because of their lack of size. Plus, Russell Westbrook's not 100%. Then he avoids the Clippers, and then he gets a fifth seed in the NBA Finals, and Goran Dragic and Bam Adebayo go down. So, uh, yeah, it was a little bit of an easier road. Not to say they didn't deserve it, but it was an easier road than he typically faces. See, that that's all I'm trying to say. I, I know it's pro basketball, and I know it's still hard, but when I compare it to even Oklahoma State and certainly San Antonio and Golden State, it, it, there's no comparison with, with this title. If his career ended today, what is his legacy? Well, you know, it's obviously is arguably the greatest player of all time. Now, I don't necessarily think he is, but you can make that argument. You're not going to sound idiotic. Like, you have enough to back that up, so I will not call you stupid. Like, I would call you stupid if you said Kobe Bryant was the greatest player of all time, and there's some people of this generation that like to do that. But if you said it was LeBron, I wouldn't call you stupid. To me, his generation is this, though, and I think it did a disservice to the NBA. Now, this is my opinion. I think all the bouncing around from team to team to team uh, and, and the allowance of player uh, player empowerment. That's good for the players. Not good for the fan base, though. Not good for the sport, because then you get Kevin Durant doing it, you get Anthony Davis doing it, you get Jimmy Butler doing it, and for the most part, they're going to these big markets. We had Jerry West on earlier this week. Jerry West, unsolicited, brought up how he thinks it's a problem. Now, it's a little funny, because West has benefited from it with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. He benefited with Kobe and Shaq wanting to go to L.A., Kareem going to L.A., uh, so Jerry West has benefited from it, but it's a little bit out of control right now. LeBron started that trend like i don't value championships anymore because guys are bouncing from team to team in order to get them and then people are talking about lebron winning three finals mvps with three different uh, teams is more impressive you know is impressive 
I don't find that to be the case. If we watch the last dance, right, you saw how the disease of me, as Pat Riley likes to say, set in. You saw how Scotty Pippen started to get a little bit restless. You saw how Dennis Rodman started to get a little unmotivated, and Jordan's going to come back year after year after year with teammates who already won, so maybe they have different goals in mind, and they had to keep the chemistry together. It gets a little burdensome to try and win six titles with one team. You get burnt out. Uh, so I think personally his legacy is obviously is one of the all-time great players, Ken, but also as a guy who started this trend of guys bouncing from team to team, and that's not something that's good for the NBA. I don't think it is either, and I'm glad you brought that up, Justin, because you know I, I, I'm looked at by some people going, well, you just don't get NBA players. I don't have to get NBA players. They, they have to make me want to go and buy tickets. When this is all over, this pandemic is all over, they got to make me want to go and buy tickets and, and consume their sport. And, you know, I, I just look at it, Justin, and I think, you know, a lot of people like Steph Curry. I don't think Steph Curry's going anywhere. But do I trust Leonard? Do I trust James Harden? Do I trust Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving or any one of these other guys? Hey, I'm the guy who's got to spend the money for my kids to go watch the game. I don't know if I would. Exactly. Well, here's the point. It's like, I'm not saying it's, they don't have the right to go. Okay, they have the right to go. Of course. But is it good for the sport? No, it's not good for the sport. So they can do whatever they want, but then you can't act like the, the, the product will be as appreciated and the same amount of money is going to be stuck in your pocket if you do it, because it's not good for the sport. You have the right to do it. It's not good for the sport. Justin Termini joining us on the show. I think this is a great move by Ty Lue to go to the Clippers. Do you, do you agree? Yeah, I mean, they, that was the team, like, there were five jobs available as of, you know, earlier this week, right? That was the best job available, because you got an opportunity to win. Steve Bomber's going to give you every single asset that you that you need. You're in a market, we just talked about it, that guys want to flock to these bigger markets. What's better than playing in Los Angeles? It's either Los Angeles or Miami for a lot of these guys. Uh, the one issue, and he's familiar with that team because he was around it last year. This is not going to be an X's and O's job, though. This is going to be something where he's going to have to, uh, you know, get the locker room chemistry on the same page. He's got experience doing that. I mean, heck, he won a championship with Kyrie Irving in a locker room. Okay, Kyrie Irving in a locker room along with LeBron James. You can win a, a championship with him in a locker room. I think that you can try, probably manage Kawhi Leonard and, and Paul George and maybe all the hard feelings with Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell that they didn't like the fact that Kawhi was living in San Diego or that he got games off. But I think that's the main goal. is isn't necessarily getting more talent in there. It's just meshing the talent that you already have. And I think he's capable. He should have a job. He's one of eight head coaches coaches with championship experience well it, and it's not just that I, I think it's also about legacy there you know I, I'm in Cleveland Justin and I talked about this yesterday uh, briefly after he accepted the job on Thursday I talked about this yesterday morning you know if he's very good with the Clippers this helps his legacy in Cleveland because here you know we look at it, it, it it's LeBron's team it was LeBron's title and and we kind of feel that and whether in you I know you're going to think this is wrong we feel that Maybe Ty Lune. A lot of us feel that he was along for the ride. Well, if he goes out and he does great things with the Clippers, that sure as hell going to change a lot of people's opinions about him here and, I think, nationally. Yeah, well, I think I saw a stat the other day that when LeBron did not play, the Cavaliers were 1-18 under Ty Lue in Cleveland, whether it was 0-6 in 2018-2019 when LeBron had left or, or prior to that. As to when he did play, they wanted the 664 clip. 
Uh, but Eric Spolstra got a lot of the same stuff, right? I mean, Eric Spolstra, everybody's going, well, it's, it's just about LeBron, Wade, and Bosch. And yeah, I mean, that's partly right. Like, obviously, you're not going to win without those guys and go to all those finals. But he proved this year that he's a pretty good head coach. And now Ty Lue's going to have the opportunity to do that here, whereas he would have got that opportunity if he accepted, like, the Indiana job, right, or the Houston job, which I think is bad, the Thunder job, because those teams aren't going to win to the high level. Clippers should be able to. So we'll find out pretty quickly with Ty Lue whether it was LeBron or whether Lue's really a good head coach. When do you think the season's going to start for 2021? When do I? Yeah, I mean, again, like I have no clue as far as being a doctor or anything. I wanted to start as soon as possible, uh, just because I want I want to get back on the regular uh, the regular track, right? Because I want my summers off selfishly. But I, I think that uh, you know it's probably going to be somewhere in January. Uh, I can't envision them waiting till March because then it'd be impossible to get the thing back on track eventually. Well, yeah, that's true, and but I, I think that that's a league that has to also think about fans, and I, I think they do need fans at NBA arenas. Now, I, I don't think you can put 18,000 in, in an arena right now or will be able to in January more than likely. Is Has there been talks about making sure that fans are able to attend the basketball games? Yeah, I mean, obviously they want them down there. And I think that's another reason, just going back to that, why Miami uh, had so much success is because the Heat are – and everybody else was kind of shocked to their system that they were playing in front of no fans, where the Heat adapted well because they're never playing in front of fans anyway. So I think that helped them down in the bubble as well. Justin Termini joining us on the show. All right. Daryl Morey, where is he going to end up? Is he going to stay out of basketball for a while? What's he going to do when this is all Well, I don't know if he can get another job, right, because of the China thing. Like, what organization now is going to want to associate with him when, uh, really? I, you know, I, you can't tell me that it had nothing to do with him going out in Houston and, and you know, and leaving uh, because – you, you cost that owner hundreds of millions of dollars. The league is a whole hundreds of millions of dollars. So is another team just going to go out there and go, okay, well, let's sign, you know, let's say Philadelphia, for example, if, if they run out of patience with Elton Brand. They're going to sign Daryl Morey and then risk having their games not shown overseas or the Chinese government, which is a huge market taken away from them. I don't think they would do that. So I think he could find, you know, find some issues with finding another job. The other thing is, I would not allow him to have another job. I don't know what the agreement is with Tillman Fertitta and the Rockets' ownership. He left. Now, he did a good job while he was there, right? You know, it doesn't seem like it because he did so much talking and never lived up to it, but they were consistently in the postseason, consistently advanced. He made one of the great trades in NBA history by getting uh, uh, getting James Harden in there. But he left them with a mess. They have none of their own picks until 2027. Uh, they've got a massively horrific contract with, uh, with Westbrook and Eric Gordon. They have no ways to improve. They have no center. Like, he left a mess in Houston. If I was the owner there, I would make sure that he can't get another job until that mess is, like, cleaned up, 2027, 2028. Because if he just walked away from, from the mess because, he, you know, they couldn't win, uh, that's a little disturbing to me. To me, that seems worse than Kaepernick. I, I'm, I'm serious. That seems worse than Kaepernick to me, Justin. I mean, one guy upset. One, one guy did upset some people here in America. We're, we're not gonna get. We're not gonna blackball a guy because he upset China. Really? I'm not disagreeing with you. I, this is just a totally different thing that I and, and you bring it up. So, and you know a lot more NBA people than I do. You're gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna blackball a guy. A guy, and, and he has been talented. I, I, I know he did a lot of talking, and he got into it with Charles Barkley, and there are no championships in that case. But they're going to do that because of what he had to say about China, which a lot of well, people he was, do he agree was really with. He was good at his job, but uh, you know, and I'm not saying they should do that. I'm saying that people would be hesitant, right, because they don't want to deal with the repercussions, especially with the virus. When you lost hundreds of millions of dollars right now, and then you know, on top of that, you're going to want to like these owners are going to have to 
try and execute every little avenue to get that money back. And if that's something that puts the relationship at risk overseas, I can't see them getting hired. But what do I know? I mean, you see the problem with that, don't you? I mean, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. But I don't. Uh, I'm, what I'm saying is, I don't agree with it, but I think that it does exist. Oh, yeah. Oh, I I know. That's why I I didn't want to fight you on that because I'm I'm going, man. You get in bed like that with a foreign government. That is, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? This isn't crossfire. Justin Termini joining us on the show. Uh, who has the? W- will LeBron repeat? Is this his last title? Real quick. Well, I mean, they've won with a like. I also think it was his worst team, right? And the Ca- yeah. the Cavs team in 2016, the Miami teams were better than this. They're going to be able to add people to this roster. I mean, their third best player was Rajon Rondo. So if they just make a little bit of an upgrade there, they'll be even more of a favorite. But uh, the Clippers will be back. Brooklyn will be healthy. Golden State's going to be healthy. So I think it'll be a little bit harder. But I also think his Lakers team will be better next year than they were this year. Follow this guy on on Twitter at Termini Radio. He is one of the very best. One of these days, I'm going to do a whole show with you. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm going to do That'll it, okay? Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, on Twitter for my opinions, and on Instagram, if you want to look at my body, it's also the same handle, at Termini Radio. You said that last time, and you had somebody interested in you, and I told you she was a real person. And she then that, that picture is real. I met her at a bowling thing. She came to one of our bowling events, and she she's a real nice person. We got we got to make that happen. We've actually been going back and forth a pen pal, so I, I move slow. I don't move quickly. Well, if you could get here to Cleveland, whenever the Cavaliers are, I mean, when this is all over, obviously, whenever the of Cavaliers course. can get there's, their there's restrictions and flying and everything, I don't want to have to quarantine for fourteen days. Yeah, but then you have to have a reason from the basketball team, and I don't know if the Cavs are going to give you a reason very anytime soon. No, not at all. But you give me a reason, so. Yeah, well, at least I got that going for me. All right, Justin, yeah. we thank you for the time. All right, Ken, appreciate it, buddy. The great Justin Termini. Follow him on Twitter at Termini Radio. I told you guys he brings it strong, did I not? That China issue is scary. That China issue is really scary. When he's talking about Daryl Morey and what he said, where a lot of people would, would definitely agree with that, and I think that Daryl Morey, and I mean, every case was right. That's a, that's a scary scenario. I kind of want to get into that when we come back here a little bit. Also, the top five topic, 11-20, we'll do the top five, and... LeBron has built a tremendous legacy. We just won't accept it. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.